Hi guys and girls, welcome to 2023 and episode 119 of the Spartans and Pajamas podcast. My name is Oz and I am your host. And as always, we have Dolph. Hello. And we have Star. Hello. And we have Spark lurking. Hello. There may or may not be other people later on. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is also season six. This is Dolph's fault, by the way. He said, "Are we doing season six? Are we on season six? And I went, "Fuck it, why not?" So season six. Sorry. Uh, we are here in it. It just it just makes sense as you know, new year, new season. Just that's my um thought process behind it. Yeah, although I think we went like a year and a half before I even went to season two. <laughs> that's right. If we do it on another year basis, now we know have a benchmark of when to start it from. Yeah, new year, new season. That actually would make sense. Not that we'll ever remember although it when coming. Although it's just, yeah, it's just the same shit different year, though, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You'd hope it'd be the same shit different year. Otherwise, you know, this is going to be a wildly different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh so we've had Christmas. We've had New Year. We all survived. Um, it was another busy period in the pub trade. Uh, there wasn't that many dickheads this year, to be honest. Because all the dickheads are probably broke. Mm. I mean, it was still a good turnout, but they just either respected us enough not to be twats, or Speak for yourself. we were lucky. <laughs> well, for us, anyway, in, in my uh, place of work. <clears throat> so I wasn't doing. The, we was, I wasn't on the food part of it on Christmas Day. I was on the bar side. We took about three grand in three hours. That's about main, mainly mainly youngsters and only the regular youngsters who come in was like pleases and thank yous. Everyone else, no, no fucking manners whatsoever. Yeah, Pants. it sounds a similar trajectory to about our pub. We did two hours and we probably made there about the same uh, average money. So yeah. Um. It's... I now have I I have a burning hatred now from making fucking baby Guinness. Oh mate, we don't have baby Guinness. Fuck them. Bro. We do. They are fucking annoying. They're, they're okay to make, but when you're doing like eighteen at once, like, oh, it's right, you now give me half an hour while I fuck this around. You, you know, you just you monopolize my time for the next 10, 15 minutes. Thanks, cutbag. <laughs> That's why we don't do vodka Red Bulls or anything like that. Because it's like you are taking me away from serving other people for you to be a cunt. But vodka Red Bulls, we just, you know, do a vodka kind of Red Bull. Yeah, I'll take your fucking self. Piss off. No, ah. we, we stopped doing it because it just attracted the wrong kind of people. Yeah, one of our uh, regulars drank it quite often. He got a bit of a dickhead when he had them, so we stopped, we've actually stopped him having it. Yeah. He was like, oh, what a big, what, 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 oh, what a vodka Red Bull. It's like, well... <laughs> If you do your one in your dick tonight, you won't be coming back in until the new year. So you want a vodka Red Bull? I want a million dollars in a blowjob, but I'm now in neither today, so fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not been a bad Christmas. I'm glad that it's well, over. I'm glad. I mean, compared to pre-Coof, though, it was quiet. Oh, compared yeah, pre-Coof. yeah, pre-Coof. I mean, not the Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve was just mental as fuck anyway. Uh, but New Year's, it's like the new matter is... People come out in the day and go home and spend time with their family or just stay in. for like, It's cheaper though, isn't it, really? Think about it. Yeah. It's just a shame, really, because like, we had the plans we usually do. We just end up getting really like pissed. 
which was not really good for me considering I was back at work the day after at two o'clock. So I rolled into work with a fucking hangover. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I mean, for, I mean, for New Year's, we saw New Year's in with um, Star and her father. Yeah. <clears throat> Came upstairs, had a quick chat with Sparks on Xbox Live, and you thought, you know what, fuck, I'm going to bed. <laughs> you see, I, when, when it was like the Coof rules and we had to stay indoors, we all played uh like among us and video games and shit and it was real fun and that's the kind of thing that i understand people will look at and go well it's better than going to the pub because you get to interact with people you want to interact with rather than go to a pub and maybe interact with people you want to interact with but also have people who you don't want to interact with Mm. like rolling around so it's cheaper and you can have a beer while you're playing yeah just don't um have too many beers while flying type nines and asteroid field (laughs) <laughs> Why is that what happened to you? No. The last one I, had, I wasn't 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 actually any alcohol involved. I was um just coasting in asteroid field while looking at my phone, doing about nineteen a.m. asteroid field. Looked up just in time to see a big asteroid in my face. I was like, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> see, for me in in my uh, elite federal corvette, when I'm in the combat zones and that, if I look away and I look back and I just see. <laughs> See my nose pointed into the fucking front of an asteroid. I'm like, oh, well, that's a slight structural damage repair bill when I get back and 3% off my shields. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know when it's like you've got a mining ship, though, that's like, ooh, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's whole damage. Yeah, you know, I can bear a bit shield just to <clears throat> deal with some of the fire from the pirates. But, yeah. you know, maximizing um, cargo per hour. It's like, I can scrub my nose across the front of a, uh, an asteroid field for 30 seconds. You can't. Uh, Just tickle the asteroid and your shields are down. It's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's, they're scratching the paintwork. I've buckled the landing gear. Can't open the pod bay doors, Hal. Oh, fucking hell. How about, How about you? Stuff? Yo. How was your Christmas week been? That bad, huh? No, no, it's been nice. It's been it's been nice spending time with Dolph and family and stuff. I'm seeing the panto. Oh no, you haven't. And now I'm back to work. Yay! Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And Sparko, how was your Christmas? Yeah, my Christmas was uh, quite relaxing this year, apart from a spot of the old winter coldy, fluey stuff. Hmm. Went to the mother-in-law for Christmas Day, so I got fed. Pardon you. Absolutely me. lovely. So, yeah, it was uh, not bad. Thank you very much. New Year was just a quiet night in with the kids and the mother. Yeah. And you're wrong. That's good. Oh, I'm just uh, getting shot the crap out of on the game. Should we roll into the first topic? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, or uh... walk, walk into it. Trotting. Yeah. 
Could do. I can't believe my eyes. Mm. Neither could the, the person who owns this pub. Hampshire pub's anger as customer brings his horse in. What a long face. Uh, <laughs> this is from ITV.com. Um, a pub in Hampshire... Ham- oh, fuck my life already. Should we, should, we, should we roll back and try that one again? <laughs> a pub in Hampshire has said it's not acceptable after a horse was brought into the building. The brickmakers in Southampton took to Facebook shares anger at livestock being brought into the pub. The pub owners are calling for more police presence in the Swanmore area as they were left hopeless when the animal came into the bar area. It happened on the 29th of December. They posted, This happened last night. Not acceptable. Just to reiterate, we don't allow any animals or livestock into the pub. Apart from the complete ridiculousness of it, uh, the poor horse's welfare, its health and safety, uh, it's, it's a health and safety issue, nor do we allow children to be in the bar after 7pm. Huh? Apart from the complicated visions of the poor horse's welfare, it's a health and safety issue. But then nor do we allow children in the bar after 7 What? Why does he have to throw that at the end, though? That's through me. It has no business being, being in there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like... Children aren't, children aren't the concern, it's the horse in the building. Are you fucking advertising that you don't allow children in past 7pm now at the same time? Oh, I know where I'm going to not take my children. I'm not taking my fucking horse there, either. I don't have a horse, but I wouldn't take it there anyway, you fucker. Uh, if we do not adhere to these rules... Uh, if people do not adhere to these rules, they will be barred. We do not want... Uh, to be a pub where children are allowed to run around wrecking the place whilst their parents are getting drunk. Well, that's a parent issue, not a, really yeah. a pub issue. Uh, from now on, if all, customers don't follow our rules, they will not be served. So sick of moaning about the same things. It's time we had more police presence in the village. Well, it's a village. Villages don't really need a lot of police presence, though, really, do they? So, let me just read that back, okay? So we just talked about a horse... And he's thrown in, oh, I don't like kids after seven. Yeah, and then the next paragraph, if people don't adhere to the rules, they will be barred. We don't want a pub where children are allowed to run around wrecking the place. You you, you had a fucking horse in your pub, and you're stuck on kids? I think a children run around wrecking the joint is at least of his worries. Exactly. Um, if a horse takes <laughs> a shit in his pub, he's fucking shit out of luck. I mean, yeah, I get it. Bringing a horse into the pub, fucking what? If anyone brought a pub into what? Uh, a pub into our horse. Horse into the pub. That's a whole different story. God damn it! Yeah. If <laughs> 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 anyone brought a horse into our pub, they'd be barred. The horse would be kicked out with them, and the, probably the police would be called or the RSPCA or some along those lines. I like that last but one. The pub in the horse would be called the Trojan. Mm. But we, fuck's sake. <laughs> when we allow children in our pub up to a certain time of night, we allow yep, dogs same. in that in our pub as well. It's like yep, same it's, people always ask, "Oh, are you dog friendly?" I'm like, "Well, as long as the dog isn't getting drunk and start any fights, yeah, they're allowed in." We at our place we allow dogs into the pub as long as it's not in the restaurant area and they're not larger than say. Well, no, I say larger than that. Then I. <laughs> you fucked it, then, didn't we? If our, if our lion That's dog. Discrimination. I'm trying to. Discrimination on dogs. Dog I mean, I can't, to... bring my, can't bring my 45 kilo rotty in. 
I'm trying to think of the how, of a live breed. I don't. I think we're allowed to write again. I think just nothing. Say nothing beside like a Saint Bernard or Great Dane that kind of thing. Extra large. Dog, we yeah. have uh, a dog that comes in and it's pretty much called a lion dog. It's yeah, fucking quite... massive and it's yep. soft as shit. Oh yeah. So it's like we don't mind this dog. This dog literally gets everyone come over to it and it's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it bark, growl, or anything. It's just soft as fuck, and it's like it's just, it is just such a big softy. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure the breed of this guy. This guy brings in, but he sent us a Christmas card and it had the picture of his dog on it. Yeah. When we had when we had the heavy snowfall two weeks ago, was it about two weeks? Yeah, he got a picture of um his dog on the local um. In the local green area, we have now near us little big field, and his dog frolicking around in the snow enjoyed himself, and he took a really nice picture and he put on a, put on a Christmas card for us. He said he said his name and he also signed with love from his dog as well. Which I think that's kind of cute. Appreciate his being allowed to come in, as it were. Well, yeah, I mean his dog is good as gold. He gets a fuss, he gets a fuss of all the staff, get a bowl of water with ice in it, you know, and he sits down and. You don't even know he's there most of the time. While his owner's on the while his owner's on the uh, fruit machine, he's sitting underneath on the table, quiet, quiet as a mouse. You don't even know he's there. Oh no, you'd know my mum was there. She'd be barking at everyone. She's an awkward cow. Uh, shall we move on to the next topic? Then it's also me. Yeah. Uh, so, BBC.co.uk, this one. Um, so, I live in a town called Chesterfield in Derbyshire. Um, so, it says, roads reopening in Chesterfield after dynamite found near a building. So, this was on the 3rd of January. So, this was yesterday, as we record this on the 4th. So, a uh, 100-meter cordon was set up after discovery was made by a member of the public at a business on Stone Gravels Lane in Chesterfield on Monday. Derbyshire Police said the Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team, or EOD, uh, has confirmed that the dynamite was not viable and disposed of it. Investigations are being carried out how the package came to be there. Uh, the road and section of the A61, including Hornsbridge Roundabout, which was sealed off, has since been reopened. Now, this is a part of town that's not near me and Bob. Mm-hmm. But I roughly know where this is, so that that's. So is it possible that this might be like a, uh, well, a dynamite like device that didn't fire off one of those big um, firework um, big boxes, celebration boxes? Is that know. a possibility? I don't know, but dynamite is what they said. Actually, dynamite. Hmm. So it wasn't yeah, so a it firework. Said, they would have said gunpowder or firework. Yeah. With dynamite, that's like, what the fuck? People are walking around with dynamite in their pockets. You put it got some poor side thing in. You put it got one side poor side. Oh, that's mine, that is. I wonder where that went. (laughs) You can imagine it. Yeah, it seems... Very strange that just just a random piece of dynamite just found. 
it, yeah, it's like I I don't know. It's so fucking weird. This is why I kind of wish Bob was here because she's not very well. It's not I can't really bounce off her with this one, so I am kind of feeling a bit flat on this. But it's like, where the fuck does somebody get dynamite from in town? <laughs> it's weird, and it's like, is it old dynamite? Is it new dynamite? There's so many questions. How the fuck do you get dynamite in 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 England anyway? Yeah, blasting. That's about it, isn't it? But like. Unless, unless there's the nature from the local quarry, even then it's like, isn't that shit regulated and locked up? How? Yeah. how I mean, if you're determined, that's, 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 that's all they could afford to give them. I mean, if, it's, if you're determined enough, you can get into anywhere if you're determined enough. Yeah, it's this severance package, you know, who goes out with a bank. Hey. <laughs> but there's your pay rise, it just got blew up. Oh, you're right. It's a weird. It was a weird short story about local events in my town. It's like what, what the fuck though. Don't do that. If you if you if you listen to this podcast and you think oh it'd be fun to leave explosives lying around, no, it's not. Because right, the very very like good thing that could happen out of them finding it is they dispose of it themselves. The worst thing that could happen is it could kill somebody. And if it's a joke or not, if that's not funny. Then that's murder. So. Let's just say, don't fuck around with high explosives. Because they're not exactly stable either. Dynamite, classically, is unstable. After it's been... a bad, okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're like notoriously... Um, what's the word? Uh, deteriorate and become unstable the more time out in the open and stuff they've, they've been... Yeah, they sweat. Hmm. Yeah, it's not like C4 where you can leave it for fucking days and days and weeks and months outside and nothing happens to it. Well, exactly, yeah. And and that's the point is, old dynamite is fucking dangerous. It's unstable. It's basically uh, nitroglycerin in a, a more stable form. So the more unstable that gets, like vibrations could set this off. Fire sets it off. So you imagine some twat in a fucking... Just decides just just to, just to, to fucking kick it and Bormy loses a foot. Oh, well, you could lose his life to mind his foot. It, dynamite in small quantities will take out quite a big chunk of area. Mm. They're not... So, yeah, I, I, I'm confused by this. Leave sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's like flustered me to fuck. So... I, I just don't know. A bunch of school kids find it on the way home. What's this? Well, exactly. Ooh. The thing is, that picture that's on this report, that's not far from a school either, which is the scary part about it. I, yeah. I know there's a school near that place. So And it's not a, I think, a secondary school. It's like an infant school or a junior school. I think it's just as well that was found there before the school reopened. Then you think I could try, can't try to pick that up and just throw it into the road? Oh, God, yeah. It got crushed. Yeah. No, and it would have gone. That kid would have been... Put across the road uh, from the or just from the last or even an adult bleeding flicks a fag button near it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many bad things that could happen just because. That's I'm not sure what their uh, trigger point is, but I don't know. But it's, yeah, no it's... risks, please. No, but yeah, don't don't do stupid, please, people. This is I don't I don't believe in 2023. We have to talk about fucking dynamite in the roads. Uh, we're not in a western. Don't fucking do it. Stupid. Stupid. 
Uh, okay. So we're going to go on a bit of a, a down note, unfortunately, now, because just before the turn of the new year, we did lose um, three well-known people. Uh, we, we lost Vivian Westwood on the 29th at 81. We lost Pele also at 29th, age 82. And we also lost uh, former Pope Benedict the twen- uh, Pope 16th on New Year's Eve at 95. Yeah. So, three well-renowned people for different uh, experts in their fields, I suppose. Obviously, Pele was a very well-renowned footballer. Although, I will be honest, I wasn't even aware he was in his 80s at this point. Yeah. Uh, Vivian Westwood, I believe, has something to do with fashion, off my head. Yeah, he was... uh... Like um, she was like the punk stylist kind of thing. She, her way of doing things, mm. uh, was like very out there. Uh, and like Vivian Westwood, like fashion in the nineties two thousands was quite desirable, um, mm. and it made her kind of well known. So, like, we know the name. We might not know exactly what she did, but that's the kind of legacy that she's got. She pushed that forward. Let me have a look, actually. Let me... Um, I, think there's a, I think there's a link in the chat. Oh, I'm just going to copy the name there and put it in the Goog machine. The Goog machine. Uh, Bringing modern punk and new wave fashions into the mainstream. Is what she did. Mm. Born in nineteen forty-one, from Clapham in London. So it's just uh, at the height of World War Two. Yeah, I'd say. She was also Dame uh, Vision Room Westwood as well, so she got nominated. Mm. So yeah, that that was uh, her passing away. Do we know uh, how? Was it just old age, or was it cancer? Or... I think it was just um just just um old age really. I don't think there's any health underlying health conditions. I don't believe so. Uh, she died peacefully, surrounded by her family. So aged then. Yeah, but um, if she didn't like do punk fashion, half the shit I listened to wouldn't be around today. Because you wouldn't get the Sex Pistols and their fashion. You wouldn't get. Like Blink Rate Two and, and all the American stuff, who then followed on from punk from the UK. So, uh, like, I, I would say Fall Out Boy and Bowling for Soup, or not really? Yeah, well, they're they're pop punk. So, uh, good, Charlotte. Yep. Um, I'm testing my knowledge out. Most likely, Chemical Romance. They're, they're kind more, of. They're more emo than punk. Or emo, emo punk, or just emo, emo. Yeah, emo, emo. Really, their their way of style is is very different. But you you kind of get you kind of were picking the the kind of like line. Uh, thirty seconds to Mars, possibly. Maybe. Right, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of all the um. I don't think they're really punk. They're more rock in like a almost like a metal way with. Rock metal. Yeah, there's like a different version of rock. 
than punk rock. Like when you get punk rock, you get like the Sex Pistols and all that kind of stuff, and then you get pop punk, which is like Blink One Eight Two and stuff, and then you get skate punk, uh, which are more like skater kind of things, like Goldfinger and stuff like that. You get ska punk, less than Jake. Um, and it's it's got like a whole different chunk of like stuff, but yeah, I like knowing that she was obviously influential in, in bringing that to the modern scene and, and how people feel and how people dressed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of dress like a skate punk. T-shirt, jeans, skate shoes most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I wear jeans almost on a kind of a daily basis, really. Yeah. I just find it comfortable. Yeah, I, I find them comfortable as well. It's like I don't wear joggers. I don't do joggers. I haven't worn joggers. I haven't worn joggers properly for years. I think the only time I ever do joggers is if I have to do something that involves like going to a gym or somewhere that involves that level, and I don't want to wear shorts. Yeah, because jeans doesn't give you as much mobility as joggers do, and those kind of things you want to treadmill. Yeah, they're nice and loose, for that sort of mm. shit. Uh, oh, oh, easy, tiredness. I've been at work today, so I'm a bit... Ugh. So, um... So, yeah, f- f- you know, farewell to three well-known people. Yeah. So, well, do, let's... Should we move on to something a little bit um, more? Saying, do, do we want to raise those spirits a bit? Yeah, so, can do. Uh, this is from you, Dolph, and it's also from uh, bbc.co.uk. Yeah. So, it's... Um, so, I'm... I'm probably going to hash up the name for the town, so I do apologise. Uh, Worsley? Worsley, that sounds right. Worsley man given year to live, now counter-free after, a, after Christie's drug trial. So, a man who jumped at the chance to join a drug trial after being diagnosed with cancer and given 12 months to live has said, getting the all-clear was overwhelming. Oh, I can imagine so. So, Robert Glynn was diagnosed with a form of bile duct cancer in 2020 after going to the GP with severe shoulder pain. He went on to join an immunotherapy trial at Manchester's The Christie. The 51-year-old from Worsley, Salford, said he was very lucky as I had the cancer for two years and had no idea. Mr Glynn, who works as a welder, was diagnosed after suffering severe pain in his shoulder, which left him unable to sleep. He visited his GP and underwent scans and blood tests, but his cancer was only picked up by chance when he got an infection in his gallbladder. The day before his 45th birthday in August 2020, he was told he had a hepatitis there. Itrahepatic. Itrahepatic bile duct cancer, which was. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought you just read. I didn't read that because you didn't even bother trying. You had itrahepatic bile duct cancer, which was at an advanced stage and he had spread to his adrenal glands. About a thousand people a year are diagnosed with the cancer every year in the UK. He was referred to the Christie, where he was offered the opportunity to participate in a clinical trial of an unnamed experimental immunotherapy drug combined with standard chemo. The treatment led to a tumour in his liver shrinking from 12 centimetres to 2.6 centimetres, while the one in his adrenal gland shrank from 7 to 4.1 centimetres. This meant Mr. Glynn was, un- was able to undergo surgery in April. During the operation, surgeons found only dead tissue, which meant the treatment had killed off all the cancer cells. Mr. Glynn said when he was given the option to take part in the research, he jumped up the chance. 
You do anything you can to extend your life, he said. I feel very lucky I had the cancer for two years and had no idea, so getting the all clear was overwhelming. I wouldn't be here today without the trial. Since his operation, he has had no further treatment, and his three-month lease scan showed he was completely clear of cancer. The trial was run by the Christie's professor, Juan Val, who said the results of the research and another larger study had been keenly anticipated by colleagues worldwide, as it could lead to a change in how we treat patients like Robert in the future. Robert has done very well on his combination, due to his tumour having a high number of genetic mutations, he said. Most patients with this diagnosis do not have as many mutations in their cancer cells, so the treatment won't be as, as effective. But it does highlight the importance of personalised medicine. Mr. Glynn said he had changed his lifestyle after being diagnosed, cutting out all processed food and losing about five stone. I realise you just can't rely on the doctors to help you. You need to help yourself as well. It's also important to remain positive and not give up. It's never over until it's over. He said he was now looking forward to the future. In an odd kind of way, having the diagnosis has turned my life around, he said. With my partner, Simone, we get out in nature and walk loads. When something like this happens, you realise life is for living. That's very, uh, very good. Um, as a person who has a family member that's currently still uh, in the throes of getting to an all-clear situation for cancer, it's tough. And they're not even um diagnosed with terminal this was terminal this guy was told you have no chance of living and now he's two years later like given the seal given um the big seal big middle finger yeah yeah it's it's great it's that's kind of shit that they need to do they need to be looking at cancers uh, and making them more personalised and stuff. So, so I know a lot of people around, uh, if they're around now, would jump at the opportunity to, to try that experimental drug who have died from cancer. Yeah. I know a lot of people who have died from cancer. Loads of people. I mean, he may have been one of the lucky ones with the experimental drug actually working f- full effect, but you know, every person's different in their own right. Doesn't say necessarily what worked for him would work for someone else. Yeah. I don't want to put a down on it, but you know, it's all well. It's all. I'm happy. He's, you know, he's recovering from cancer. He's living his life to his fullest. It's just that same treatment may not have been as effective as someone else. Well, they did say that he had a shitload of genetic mutations in his cancer that the pill and the the chemo worked well against. Mm. Uh, it's it's not going to always be the same case. They said that had it been less mutations, that it might not have been effective. It might still have cleared it up. But it might not have been cleared it fully. Yeah, it might not have killed yeah. it. It might have just have stopped it to a point where they could remove it. Yeah, suppressed it to a point where it became benign or whatever, or dormant, yeah. I suppose. So you know, yeah. it's just. If, I mean, if, if if this if this treatment does gain traction, it does become you know clinically trialed and tested, and it's proven to be effective. You can bet your ass to pharmaceuticals or put a fucking price on it. That, uh, this is where. Fucking dickhead of Twitter, Elon Musk needs to just go. No, I'll pay for that. Put this out and get it free. Get people cleared and good. Don't put a fucking price tag on things that save lives. You shouldn't ever do that. No. But that's the kind of world we live in, unfortunately. And now we're a bit too. We get a bit too political, so let's move on. 
<laughs> well, speaking of they, fucking we're trying, political... We're trying to get this political free as much as we can. Speaking <laughs> of fucking politicals, this is from dailymail.co.uk. Quality Street fans confused over new environment... Fuck my life. New Quality Street fans confused over... New Quality Street fans. That's unlucky. <laughs> quality Street fans confused over new environmentally friendly rappers and ask what's going on as they tuck into iconic chocolates over Christmas. There you go. Fucking third time's the fucking not fuck up. Uh, people took to social media to express their upset with the wrapper changes. Traditional cellulose wrapping to be replaced by greener paper alternative. The changes were announced in September and will be completed in 2023. We did talk about that earlier. I think you've only just mentioned only the uh, the strawberry delights were fucking in the new paper wrappings. Yeah. But we did also mention a couple of podcasts previous that this was happening. Um, I mean, half, I did half, I, half I, of the paper ones with one shiny I mean, wrapper in there. I yeah, think. I mean, before we continue on, I do. I did buy a, a um, a quality street for work just before Christmas, and I was looking for the green triangles, and we couldn't fucking find any. Oh well. So the basically what we did find out was the green triangles, quote unquote, were wrapped in some sort of goldish orange triangular wrapping. So <laughs> we'll, like, we'll, wait, get, wait, we'll, get in, we'll get into this. Don't worry about it. So chocolate loves have noticed a change in one of their favorite sweet boxes, and not everyone likes it. Quality Street wrappers have been updated to be more environmentally friendly. Do you remember the the head of environmental uh, whatever the fuck bollocks it was called that we we talked about for fucking Nestle? Uh, vaguely, but yeah, yeah. Paper wrappers have been uh, have replaced some of the traditional cellulose wrappers, which make uh, which many use to make extra Christmas decorations. We use them for light mood lighting for Halloween. Um, but users users consumers even should be not users you don't use chocolate you consume daily mail get your shit together but consumers were confused by the change some were asking whether boxes were filled with old stock and others saying the new rappers were like uh, the emperor's new clothes um no wait, fuck me it's crazy uh, others questioned where the traditional green triangle was after shortages in packaging meant that some were wrapped in gold foil. Oh, there we go. Nestle, who make the purple box of sweets, are replacing their own packaging with environmentally friendly alternatives. Replacing the cellulose foil quality street wrappers on nine of the 11 sweets will mean billions fewer... Nah, I did read that right. Will mean... There was no fucking... Okay... Where's, where's, I, I need a comma in this. Replacing the cellulose quali uh, foil quality street wrappers on the nine of the eleven sweets, comma, comma, will mean billions fewer bits of plastic in its supply chain. Even I, I, I suck at English, but I fucking know that. I, I suck at written English, but I know to fucking put a comma there. That was a fucking no. Jesus, shit the bed. I could become a fucking journalist apparently you don't need much in the way of english nestle said in a statement they were proud of the new design and the change was a positive step we are really proud of quality street's new wrappers we've worked really hard to create recyclable wrappers that maintain traditional colorful look that quality street is known for moving from the two different wrappers made of foil and cellulose to a single recyclable wrap, uh, paper wrapper means we can remove nearly 2.5 billion individual pieces of packaging material from the Quality Street supply chain. 
Yeah, that's a long sentence. Fucking but at least that's a fucking comma, that one. Yeah, sell yours to a single comma. <gasps> yeah, it was like fucking crazy. Quality Street has been around for more than 85 years, and a big change like this will always attract attention. Comma. But we think this is this change is a really positive step and well worth it. There wasn't a comma there, by the way. If I say comma, I, it's because I feel that's where it should be. The sweets that just use foil will remain in the traditional packaging. Okay. Uh, the Kit Kat wrappers are also being replaced with pl a plastic that is 80% recycled. So now they're fucking with Kit Kats as well, guys. Uh, the changes were criticized soon after they were announced as customers threatened to switch to roses, describing the new packaging as cheap. I like this next tweet coming up, though. <clears throat> Not a single green so... triangle in my favourite... My favourite in brackets. Our festive tub. But this gold little number. Do we win some kind of Wonka prize at Quality Street UK? I think you should. Uh, then the guy below. Um, what in the name of Christmas is this at Quality Street UK? An orange triangle in my Quality Street? How bloody dare you? Unless <laughs> he didn't write, put that bit, but I just ad libs because that's how I feel. He went into the stroke my beard. I, I, I'm stressed. I need, I need the tea, Margaret. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like he just went off onto this tangent. Oh, not in my 15 years of eating Quality Street have I ever been so disheartened and. Dismoyed, dismoyed, dismayed. This is what I want to tirade. It's just me. I'm just in a very stupid mood. So you got another couple of paragraphs to go, I know. Richard Watson, business executive officer, Nestle Confectionery, said There was a comma there. It still didn't make sense. Uh, when the changes were announced that these major packaging innovations have been pioneered by our teams in the UK. The new Kit Kat packaging is enabled by significant upgrade to... I'm, I'm not reading that wrong, am I? No. The new Kit Kat packaging is enabled by a significant upgrade to Nestle's York factory. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it didn't when I read it. While the category-leading Quality Street paper twist wraps have been designed at a confectionery product technology centre in York and implemented in Halifax, the home of Quality Street, for 87 years. <sighs> nearly there, boys, nearly there. Nestle Confectionery is taking a leadership position on packaging sustainably as we work towards reducing use of our virgin plastic by one-third and making all our packaging recyclable or reusable in the next three years. Where was the fucking comma in that fucking first bit? In fact, that whole sentence is... Jesus, shit, I paused at the right point. If I hadn't chose to pause there, fuck me. That... Dolph, try and read that last sentence in one breath without fucking running out. No, phone, fuck off. I've hit the fucking coin button and I can't go back. Hang on. Oh, there you go. Um, 
Nestle Confectionery has taken a leadership position on packaging sustainability as we work towards reducing our use of virgin plastic by one third and making all our packaging recyclable or reusable in the next three years. It is a comma. You, you pause twice during that. And you pause at the same place I did. As we work towards sustainability, comma, as we work towards reducing virgin plastic by one third and making all of our packaging recyclable or reusable within the next three years. Now you can get away reusable with that. Within the next three years. Yeah. yeah. Fuck me, dude, dude, what is with modern fucking journalism? I mean, technically, we're journalism. Technically, technically, technically. But fuck. Well, at least we don't try and say we're professional about this. <laughs> okay, so. I think once the listeners know some, at some point this does become our shit show, but you know. <laughs> oh, at least our shit show is, is entertaining. That is just why. You are a journalistic fucking powerhouse that millions of people read every day and you can't afford to put commas in your shit? What the fuck? Speaking of entertainer... Go on. Uh, so this one was from Lala. Uh, I don't know if anyone here is aware of it, but uh, who knows um, Andrew Tate? So, from my very little knowledge of Andrew Tate. I mean, he, I didn't know nothing of him until it popped up on my Twitter feed. Um, he is a guy who was very misogynistic. Uh, he would often do, like, YouTube and uh, shit like that. And he'd be like, oh, here's how you can be the best male man you can be. Male as in, like, alpha male, not as in I deliver your post mail. Um, although fucking <laughs> whatever with this guy and he is like so toxic masculinity it hurts um, and he was just being a cunt to Greta Thunberg the um, little environmentalist who could and holy shit did she fucking shit on this guy um, because not only did him replying to her tweet get him arrested? And he got arrested for, like, human trafficking and other shit like that. <coughs> so he got fucking shat on there because he dared to go up against Greta Thunberg. Do you know what she, she replied with as well? She replied with, this is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. Because... The pizza box that was in the tweet that got him arrested was how they localised where he was and got him. And it the the like the issue with this guy is there is literally like Trump supporters. So you already know what kind of demographic he is like for. Already saying that America needs to go and bail him out. Andrew Tate, I think, is English for one, not fucking American. Two, he's in a different fucking country, so unless they've got an extradition process, uh, that's not going to fucking happen. And three, fuck that guy. Fuck him. He's a fucking cunt. I still think it's funny he got fucking forward by a pizza box. <laughs> I, I can't believe an environmentalist shat on him twice. Because, I mean, I, just, just like that was sort of thing. She basically helped take... Uh, person who human trafficking is really fucked up as well by the way 
it, if I remember rightly, it's, it's like kidnapping with extra steps. Yeah, and it's selling, like, essentially. Yeah, it's like slavery. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost, it's like I said, yeah, it's almost, it's essentially slavery in a sense. Yeah, it's like slavery, but with um, less rights. Yeah, less rights, and they go into a sex trade. They become uh, like fucking the plot of Taken, the first film. Ugh. Greta Thunberg, just fucking Liam Neeson, this guy. I will find you, and I will environmentalize your fucking face off. <laughs> yeah. I Do you know this? I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I will find you, and I will environmentalize your face off. Uh, okay, I've got a podcast title already. Uh... Liam Neeson, the shit. Hell out of you, some shit. So while you type the, type the, type the title... Um, oh, this episode is yours anyway. Um, Christmas W-A-Y-W results. Uh-huh, right. That's uh, the once-a-year wanker bingo board. Okay, that's not what I thought W-A-Y-W meant. What do, what do you think once a year wanker meant? <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> oh, right. So, uh, can I just say that you are talking no, to... No, I, I, I was legit fucking confused. I was thinking, huh? <laughs> no, but you are talking to the two-time... Two year in a row, once a year wanker bingo winner. I won again with four out of the like eight possible categories. I think it's eight or ten uh, categories that you get. Basically, we run it um, from one point before Christmas up to Christmas Eve itself. Uh, and I won again. Hey. Um, I even joke with my boss that he needs to make me like a wrestling style belt and that I hand it off to him <laughs> if he lose, like, if I yeah, lose I'm, stepping down, I'm stepping down as a champion I, I told I'll, him, get it back, I'll get it back next year I told <laughs> him as well I said I'll even wear the fucking thing behind the bar <laughs> at Christmas it'd be funny um, but yeah. when you lose you know you go I'll get it I'll trade with next year wanker <laughs> but once you're a wanker if, if you didn't listen to last podcast uh, basically these are people that you don't see any other time of year apart from Christmas. They are usually uh, lacking in the product knowledge of what you sell. They are also usually very uh, abrupt, very very not nice to members of staff who work behind the, the bars and pubs of anywhere in the UK at Christmas. The, the real general definition of a wanker. Exactly. They, they are a once-a-year wanker. Because you don't see them every other time of the year, and they are just fucking assholes. So, um, if I remember rightly, my winning streak was uh, Jaeger Bombs, <laughs> um, Baby Guinness, Ugh. Uh, Dark Fruits, and what was the fourth one? Tequila. Um, no, we do tequila and sambuca, so it's not that. Uh, like I eat like an ale, or what was the fourth one? Skittle bomb. No. An after eight. No. Sloppy bird. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You're distracting me. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to imagine the board. So it goes. Uh, I think it was dark fruits. I got. Jaeger bombs, I got. I got Baby mm-hmm. Guinness. Yep. Uh... What else did I get? I got four. I got four because I beat everybody. Everyone else had three up until that point. 
pretty much. So what was the fourth one? Was it like a shot or something or Dark Fruits, Baby Guinness. Um Jaeger Bombs. No, because we, we deliberately didn't like put like vodka Red Bull on there because we knew we'd get that. Um it might have been Stella. I think Stella was on there. Mm. I'll have to go and look at the board and let you know for oh. next time. Okay. But um, other ones on there that was like, how much? Smile, it's Christmas. Guinness last, which means you have poured every other drink in their order and they go, oh, and a Guinness. Oh, and a Guinness, yeah. Um... I actually had that happen to me, but nobody heard me because you had to be witnessed. Somebody else had to hear that happen to you for it to count. That's how the rules of the bingo work. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> there was also Cockney flagging, which if you don't know what that is, it's when you go, who's next? Someone waves money at you. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, them them waffling their bees and honey. Yeah, one one of the other members of staff got that actually, and I'm like, that counts. I think I think I got how much? I think I think someone said it just jokingly, but because like like how much? <laughs> yeah, but because they weren't in on the game, they didn't know the game existed. That's like well, that counts. So that's the best. That's the best kind of game, isn't it? When they were when they were cousins, actually. Well, and that's the thing as well. The people who do know, they don't count. So if they start reeling off all these things to make you win, they don't count because they're not um, oblivious to it. Yeah, they're not oblivious to it. They are usually regulars, so they're like, oh, you're doing the bingo board, aren't you? So if I ask for this. And this is what we were saying with Bob, and even I, my boss said, well, I, I know Bob, so if she came in doing that, I know that you told her. So... Um, we what you call it? It was like, it was a legitimate win. Um, like one of the guys got an early start. He got Guinness last as one of his first things. So, um, it it was just yeah. It was one of those by a thread. There was three of us on three. I got the fourth. No one got anything else that night. I'm like fuck yeah. Because it ran until Christmas Eve. Uh, we did run it into um, Christmas Day and New Year's Day as like a bonus game. And yeah. then the other lad drew with me on the bonus, but overall I won the thing. Because he did say we might keep going until we fill it. But we're back to January now, so it's like the one-tier wanker board. There's not going to be many people doing that now. But yeah, and I think those were the four I got. Was Stella... Or, or was it Foster's? I think I have a Stellar or Foster's on the board. Then there was Dark Fruits, uh, Baby Guinness, uh, Jaeger Bombs. And that's what we got. So. But yeah, that, that was that. <laughs> um, I took way too long to get into with that and talk about that. But hey, whatever. It's content, isn't it? And that's the kind of games we play in pubs. Because we get bored of dealing with people's shit at this time of year. 
uh, especially Christmas and New Year's and bank holidays and that. So we we always have little things going on in the background that no one knows about. We have conversations about things that no one knows about. Because behind the bar, you are kind of just this non-person to people who don't come in regularly. Just like, just like an entity. Yeah. You, you are like a meat mech. You give them beer, they fuck off and do something else. They don't care who you are. They don't want to get interested in or invested in what you're doing. So, like, the the amount of times we've just been, like, just taking that piss because we can and no one knows we're doing it. And it's like, it's purely the people who are just arseholes. It's like, all right, you, you're going to get, <laughs> we're going to dig, have a dig at you or something. But they never get it. It's like, um, here's one for you to play, Dolph. I'm going to say two okay. things. They're both going to sound the same, but one of them mm-hmm. is different. So when people leave, I go, cheers. And when the people leave, I go, cheers. What did I say both times? You said cheers both times, but one yeah. sounded more... I didn't say cheers both times. Is it cheers and cheers? I said cheers. And jeers. Oh, cheers and jeers. Jeers. I say jeers, but I say it like I sound like I'm saying jeers. Because people, people, especially at that time of year, do not pay attention to what you're saying. They don't even look at you. Say jeers. And then people I know, cheers. <laughs> but it's one of those things where I mentioned that to one of my other members of staff. And they were like, how do you yes. get away with that? And it's like, people don't fucking listen to you. People do not listen for that difference. If you say, give the same inflection, you can say something that sounds similar and it be completely wrong and they will accept it as you saying the same thing. Mine's a very um, round I did on um, Christmas Day, actually. Just singing that about um, not hearing or listening properly. Mm-hmm. So this guy asked for, in this order, Strombo, mm-hmm. Guinness, mm-hmm. Sardium Black, right. Carlsberg, yeah. and Bob was red. So I did all those five drinks. I go down my list, oh, I do drinks, and then when I go, I said, all right, there's your drinks, because he went to the toilet and came out. He said, I didn't ask for Strongbow. I said, you did, that's the first thing you asked for. He said, no, I asked for Dark No, that was the third thing you asked for. Strongbow, Guinness, Sardium Black, and then Brockman's and Red. Uh, it was, um, Bob was in Red was the last one. And I, f- I think it was, uh, fuck, I can't remember that. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I did but yeah, basically, basically, he said, he said the first thing he said was a strombo. It's the first, that's the first thing I poured. But he said I didn't, he didn't actually ask for a strombo. They asked for a strombo. That said, yeah, but that's the third thing you asked for. Mm. Annoyingly, as well, the younger kids and I have to like say it back differently to them when they go, "Can I have a diet coke and vodka?" So you want a vodka and diet coke? Yes, please. Okay, one vodka and diet coke coming up. Because I did it once where they went, I went, okay. And then did him a shot of vodka and a Diet Coke. And I'm like, what do you want in your your vodka? And it's like, that Diet Coke? And it's like, oh, you wanted a vodka and Diet Coke? They're like, yes. Not a Diet Coke and a vodka. Yeah. It's like, I can have a lime and lemonade and vodka. So you want a vodka, lime and lemonade? Yeah. Once again, I have to... I've done this before. We've talked about this before. I've gone off about this before. Order the mixer after the spirit. Always order the spirit first. Because you're either drinking it neat or you're putting shit in it. If you order the mixer first, 
we are very not sure if you are actually drinking a normal drink or it's for somebody I'll else mix. and then that goes as a shot or something we don't know that i mean the only exception to that rule is if it's soft drinks like a lime and lemonade or lemonade and lime that's the probably the only exception along with soda and lime or lime and soda yeah well they're, they're interchangeable they're they're soft yeah. drinks but yeah so they're, they're, that's the only that's the only um yeah exception spirit before mixer not the other way around could you oh. mix a full spirit? We're going to think you want two drinks, not a, soft, a soft drink and a and a, and a um alcoholic drink. Yeah. Bar uh, etiquette. Bar etiquette. Get some Betiquette. motherfuckers. Etiquette. Etiquette. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the next one, we because we spent way too much time on on yeah. Wanger. Uh, Watson Gromit's coming back. There's a new film coming in 2024. I'm not sure how this is going to work with uh, Peter Sellers no longer being with us. Uh, well, the video games wasn't Peter Sellers. It was uh, somebody else. Else. So they might have somebody who sounds like him for it. Oh, like a younger version of him, maybe. Or somebody uh, like a sound alike. Sound alike, probably. So Ardman Animation today has announced the studio's much-loved duo, Watson Gromit, will return for a new film in 2024. Sorry, I've got hiccups. In 2024. Premiering exclusively on Netflix, where uh, with the exception of the UK, where it will show first on the BBC. As it should, because Ardman is a fucking is a British. Yeah, uh, director Watson, uh, directed by Watson Gromit creator Nick Park and Merlin Crossingham, uh, creative director of Watson Gromit. The film see, sees Gromit becoming concerned that Was is a little too dependent on his adventures. When Wallace's uh, smart gnome develops a mind of its own, it falls to Gromit to battle sinister forces uh, to save his master. Wallace or uh, or Wallace may never be able to invent again. So instead of a smart home, it's a smart gnome. Because Wallace and Gromit has always had garden gnomes in there at some point. So having a smart gnome thing. I think that's going to be funny. It's gonna, I think it's going to be good. They just need to get a good replacement voice for the late great Peter Salas. Mm. Because if they Because that'll that'll make that'll make or break it. Yeah. If they don't, it's gonna be bad. It also, if they fucking reboot it and make him look younger and change the animation style, holy fuck you watch people lose their shit. I mean it's kind you of going on lose their shit. Going off on a slight tangent. It's like when uh, the studio behind uh, the bleach anime they I think just after the the um, the Eisenhower, they revoiced Kenpachi. What? And I think they also revoiced um, Peace K as well. I have not. And you can def you could definitely tell the difference in the voices. I've only seen like the first fifty episodes of Bleach, which is probably like a drop in the ocean. Basically, uh, I think you've only got halfway through the Soul Society right then. Literally, all of the other Soul Reapers that became Soul Reapers. Like the the big strong quiet guy and the one that has the soul arrows and shit, they all get sucked into oh, quote unquote hell, and you're and the main guy is left there going like what the fuck. <laughs> That's as far as I got because that was always on Netflix when I watched it. Um, because I'm a dirty fucking dub guy, I don't like watching subtitled, um, things. The only time I watch subtitles is if I'm in the bath, and 
the bath is louder than the, the thing. But then I hear it because I can see the subtitles. It's weird. It's like that kind of filling in the gaps. Mm. Because it's English and it's English thingy, I can then kind of piece it together better. But if it's Japanese with English subs, I find it so much harder to follow because I'm reading than looking at the film. Nanny? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they kind of weird that they, they do that. As I said, as, as I said the, the voice for Wallace will make or break the um, film, to fair. Yeah, it will. 100%. Speaking of um, breaking, um, do you remember the... Gaming. Yeah. Do you remember the, the flop that was Duke Nukem Forever? Huh. That took 12 years to develop. Uh, yeah. It went through um, three or four different reboots, engine changes and shit. Yep. Yeah, uh, it no longer has the crown for the longest game in development. What? That's, that's been broken. It now belongs to Beyond Good and Evil 2, which has been 15 years now. Holy shit. That was meant to be coming out on the 360. Yep, and still waiting. <laughs> Considering the original Beyond Good and Evil came out on the original Xbox, so 2001, 2002, maybe 2003, uh, was mm-hmm. Beyond Good and Evil. Did I post the, did I post the link to it? If not, I'll quickly find one. I don't know. Pretty sure. No, I didn't post it. But then um, they did announce Beyond Good and Evil 2, and it was going to be for the Xbox 360. And the Xbox 360 came out in 2005. Uh, then the Xbox One came out in 2014, 15. And now the Xbox Series X has been out for three years now. Mm-hmm. So, well, two, nearly three years. Um, it's insane that like there's there's been very little traction with Beyond Good and Evil 2. People have talked about it and there has been mention of it in the past, but... Um, whether it's actually going to be there or not, I don't know. So have you found your link? Okay, yeah. Just quickly browsing through. Uh, the closest thing I could find has some information is from August last year, so relatively recent. Because it's from PCGamer.com. 15 years in development, Beyond Good and Evil 2 gets a new lead writer. This is the closest thing to a real sign of life we've had in years. That means it's, it's getting rewritten. If it has a different writer attached to it, they're having to rewrite. <clears throat> so, yeah, I could go on saying, for many reasons, we included Beyond Good Evil 2 in our list of 10 games we can't believe are still technically in development. In fact, we led with it. That pig in the picture at the top of the list is Paige, the mentor and adoptive uncle of lead character Jade. There's a good reason for that choice. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was announced in 2008, and we've been doing... It's still happening in post since t- at least 2014, yet all these years later, it's still just a tired and a bit of concept art. 2008. Oh, God. Ubisoft won't even com- commit to maybe, maybe having it out in 2024. Yet faint signs of life persist, most recently in the form of a new lead writer, Sarah Arellano, who announced the new gig on Twitter. Prior to the move to Ubisoft, Arellano was the narrative designer of Super Evil Megacorp's 2015's MOBA, Vanglory. Her LinkedIn account indicates that she also served as a writer at Deep Seal Volition. Her Twitter account says she worked on the Saints Row reboot and as a narrative. Oh, no. Is that bad? Saints Row reboot is fucking god-awful. The acting, the writing, the game itself, dog shit. People have shit on how bad this game is. It's, it's bad. It is fucking bad. 
It's, hey, fellow teens, let's be fucking gangsters. It's all cringe, then. Oh, it's extremely cringe. It is extremely cringe. They fucked up Saint Row so hard because, oh, we're three or four different people from different gangs. Let's make our own gang. And it's just like stereotype jock, nerd, woman, guy. In goth or something like that. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, my, are you fucking kidding me? It, that's the reason why I never bought it because it looked awful. And then the reviews came out and it's like, this is not a Saint Row game. Whatever the fuck this is, it's not that's Saint Row. That's the personification of high school never ends. Oh, it's, it's so bad. They could have just had a whole game for Saint Row 4 where they just rebuilt the earth by going back in time and undoing shit. And that would have been funny to go back into the past and just royally fuck up everything that fucked up the world in the first place. Just put it back how it was. Saints Row 4, was that Cat Out of Hell? Or was that no, it was a... De- Cat Out of Hell was technically a side one. Oh, like a DLC kind of thing? Because there was Saints Row 3, then there was... Oh, no, it'd be Saints Row 5, wouldn't it? Shit, okay. Because 4 was the one where they got in space and the virtual um, still water and stuff, where you became, like, a superhero. Moving on to the article. As well, it means for Beyond Good and Evil 2, as anyone's guess at this point, the hiring of a new lead writer is the closest thing to a real-time life we've seen in years. And the UB rep noted that the company is hiring for other positions as it's on Pellier Studio, which is working on the game. And it's also too easy to view is, as a sign that the whole thing is mired and may well be starting over. Yep. That's obviously not a great place to be after 15 years of supposed work. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, well, does it really matter? Even if Devon is being completely rebooted, what's the loss? Beyond Good and Evil 2 barely exists as a concept in the public consciousness, much less an actual game in development. It's not as if there was a realistic expectation of release sometime within the next couple of years, or quite frankly, even beyond that. Mm, true. See, see what the comments say. Well, the comment- in eight, though. I mean... We sh- we shit on Star Citizen a lot. Even that's not been that fucking long in development. But I mean, yeah, but Star Citizen still isn't fucking out of alpha. Yeah, but I, I said, only, but Gone Good Evil Two hasn't even got into an alpha stage by the sound of things. The, the thing just with concept, that, just concept art and a basic storyline. <clears throat> but then it's like the Half Life Three game that never came yeah. out. Well, that that's never gonna come out. Come on, it's Valve. Yeah. We've been waiting how long? How many years now? Twenty years. But that had concept and storylines and all that, and that's been yeah, that's been a long time. But the good thing about Half Life Three was um the the Alex Half Life Two Alex um VR shit we had. Half Life Alex is a a course correction because I'm going to spoil the end of it. The G Man basically gets himself caught back in time. For Alex to release him, so he can undo the death of Eli Vance at the end of episode two by giving Alex the choice to stop that from happening, and in doing so, she takes Gordon's place, and Gordon gets released from his um his prison kind of thing from his servitude to the G-Man because the G-Man says it's like I had. Uh, an employee, but he was very resistant to what I needed, and it like shows a silhouette of Gordon with his crowbar, and it's like, but you, on the other hand, seem to be a bit more willing, and um, that's that's the thing. Like the next game in the Half Life VR series is probably going to be Gordon and Eli looking for Alex and trying to stop G Man, because the original concept was you go and find the. 
the Borealis that was in the Portal games. And you would then end up sliding through different alternate realities until you ended up uh, defeating the G-Man, Mossman gets dead, uh, you get separated from Alex, and Gordon is left alone in like a, a weird environment on his own trying to survive. Yeah. And that's like the, that was the supposed end of the thing. It's like there's a an outline story called Apostle 3, and it was the guy who was writing for it, um, and how he was going to end this arc of story that they'd set up. Mark Laidlaw, I think his name was. Um, so, like, the Half-Life Alex stuff was, <clears throat> like, them changing it because Mark Laidlaw left. So, they couldn't really use his his scripts and stuff because they'd already canned Half-Life 3 by that point. And making the VR Alex stuff, um, they basically retcon things by adding a character called Russell, who was always apparently there, and then um, added like the ending that changed the core original ending of episode two. So the canon timeline now of the Half-Life games is one to episode two, then Half-Life Alex, but Half-Life Alex then changes that entire timeline. So we, everything that comes on from... Half-Life Alex onwards is an offshoot timeline of the original Half-Life uh, to Episode 2 timeline. So, yeah. But that that's like how that writing was changed and faffed about with and, and done. Um, <laughs> so, the, the fact that this... Um, Uh, what do you call it? The the um. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of lost posting about being at harvester eating things. Uh. So anyway, um. The. Like the the writing the the Saint Row person who's now doing the Beyond Good and Evil stuff. I I don't see any good out of that. Because they're going to probably make Jade an edgy fucking 20-something. And it's going to be joke here, meme here kind of shit. Because that's what they did with Saints Row. The Saints Row reboot is relevant joke here, meme out here, outdated in five-year meme here. Um, look, hello, fellow children or fellow young adults kind of writing and stuff. Lots of people have said it's like it was written by somebody who only observes that age range and isn't actually that age range. Yeah. And, and like trying to write for them. And I feel like that's how this is going to be with Beyond Good and Evil too, Because Jade, the main character, was like a mid-twenties person. So unless they're going to go forward and age them up, I imagine the writer's going to be writing them how they think a 20-something's going to be. And they're probably in their 30s, nearly probably the 40s by now. Not not with the time as well. Yeah, that's the point. You you have to be with the times you're going to write. Especially if you're going to write for <clears throat> a demographic, you you either have to have good sourcing so you know what you're doing, or you have to be that demographic. And I I think that's going to struggle with them. 
Um, but not struggling as we move on. Yeah, so uh, Chile have passed the activism merger in phase one, and it's also rumoured that Japan has also passed it as well. So, I mean, if that's passed in Japan, that's kind of huge because let's be honest, Xbox isn't exactly big in Japan. But so they don't see they don't see any competition over there. So the fact that Japan's gone, yeah, it's fine. Well, it's not that it's really competition. They just see that Sony's talking out the fucking ass. Mm. So I've got some more information on the the, the Chile one because I've just got, I've just found a link from MSN.com. Mm. Uh, the Fiscalia Nacional Económica, Chile's market regulatory institution, announced a decision to approve the acquisition of Activis Activis by Microsoft. The highly controversial deal has been on one of the biggest gaming stories of 2022. Which Microsoft announcing its intention to purchase Activision Blizzard at the beginning of the year and receiving a set of legal pushbacks ever since. To acquire ActiBliz, Microsoft needs the approval of 16 countries that will review the deal and judge whether it risks creating an antitrust situation where Microsoft has an unfair competitive advantage over its competitors. While Serbia, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia already approved this $69 billion deal, other antitrust organizations are still reviewing the acquisition and haven't yet revealed their decision. Chile's market regulatory institution, the FNE, so I'm not fucking saying that again, <laughs> published its decision to approve the acquisition of ActiBliz by Microsoft on December 29th last year. Mm-hmm. The organization explained that despite the merger generated horizontal and vertical overlaps, as Microsoft is a major publisher and ActiBliz is one of the biggest video game developers, this deal doesn't threaten the balance of the gaming market and won't create an unfair situation for Microsoft competitors in China, in Chile. And they said fucking China then. <laughs> Decide whether or not to approve the acquisition, the FNE gathered various data and conduct a consumer survey among Chilean Chilean gamers. Chilean. Chilean gamers. The organization conducted two an- analyses, a horizontal one to assess whether the acquisition would prevent other developers from competing with the new entity, and a vertical one to judge whether Microsoft could prevent other platforms from offering games developed by ActiveLiz. In its ruling, the FNE considered that the Microsoft ActiBliz deal wouldn't pose a threat to the overall balance of the video game industry in Chile. The organization concluded that even if Microsoft decided to turn Call of Duty into an Xbox exclusive, Chilean players would still be able to play first-person shooters from EA, Take-Two, Ubisoft, and Epic Games. Moreover, Chile's market regulatory institution deemed Call of Duty to be not as relevant to the Latin American region as it is to other parts of the world. As their consumer survey revealed that Chilean players would rather switch to a different genre game than change their preferred gaming platform. Overall, the FNE declared that Activision Blizzard games were not the most popular among Chilean players and that the acquisition wouldn't disrupt the local player base. Therefore, Chile approved Microsoft's acquisition of Activision joining Serbia, Brazil and Saudi Arabia on the list of countries in favour of the deal. However, Microsoft isn't any closer to acquiring Activision as the company is still facing a lawsuit by the FTC in the US. The thing is that they didn't actually have to go through with all this um, acquisition like anal- uh, approval. They could have just done it and taken the fines and then been like, okay. But the fact that they're going through the hoops and the following procedure. Which means they are, you know, they're willing to do concessions if needed, which is, you know. Yeah. But, um, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, we will have a little bit more to talk about kind of this topic in a little bit, 
But first, let's go with this. So, hey, 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 remember when I told you about the fucking DualSense Edge controller, the um, PlayStation 5's version of an Xbox Elite controller? Mm-hmm. So, this is from Eurogamer.net, sorry, .net. It says, Sony's £210 DualSense Edge controller will have a worse battery life than the original. <laughs> Underneath it, senseless. <laughs> Love it. <clears throat> Sony has revealed uh, further details on the new DualSense Sense Edge wireless controller for the PlayStation 5. Fuck their naming. Uh, in a hands-on preview, The Verge noticed that the battery life was noticeably worse than the base DualSense controller. This was later confirmed uh, to the publication in a statement. The DualSense Edge wireless controller's operating time is moderately shorter than the original DualSense wireless controller, as Sony spokesperson said. We wanted to strike a good balance between wireless operating time and deliver robust and high-performance features. The shortcoming is notably absent from the official PlayStation blog post on the controller. Hmm. Oh, wow, that's um, false advertising right there. Yeah. Most hilariously of all, Sony's statement ended by reminding owners... They'll get a long braided USB cable if you want to avoid wireless connectivity altogether. But Addition- that's still that's still fucked the battery up on the long term. Yep, it says in quotes. Additionally, the longer USB braided cable is great for competitive players who prefer playing with a wired connection to avoid wireless interference. This option preserves a battery life. No, it doesn't. That's not how battery life works. That's uh, not how battery life works. I can't find any official numbers on the average battery life of the DualSense controller or indeed the new DualSense Edge mode, uh, model, but from my experience, I can't go any further than five hours at the most without a recharge. Uh, your experience will vary based on the extent of games you play that utilizes the controller's features and whether you have a headset plugged in. But uh, anything lower than the already short battery life from the DualSense feels like a trade-off I'm not willing to take. The DualSense Edge controller releases um, on PlayStation 5, for PlayStation 5, with PlayStation 5, in the barn, uh, on the 26th of January for £210. So, this is my this is my main gripe with controllers that have a built-in battery. Your battery yeah, I, fucks up, I also, you, buy a new fuck, you buy a fucking new controller. Yeah, I fucked up the, um, the, the order in this. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll switch around. It's fine. I did notice, but yeah, the same it's the thing is with with built-in batteries, they only get so many charges before they don't hold a charge. Yeah, they're just like a general run your run on your battery. Once the charge doesn't hold, what are you going to do? You're going to con- continue to play wirelessly with a wire. But if the battery's not holding the charge, then you have a USB having your controller ain't going to do fucking jack shit. That's why I like the the Xboxes way of doing it. Now the Serious controller, you cannot remove the battery. But the the bog standard Xbox controllers for the one in the series consoles, you can play this without a battery plugged in and use it as a solely wired controller. And also the fact that the batteries are removable, you can just buy a new rechargeable pack. Yep. And, that's and you save, like yourself, that. save yourself 70, 80 quid for a fucking controller. Mm. Or in Sony's case, 210. 210 pounds. Considering that the Series 2 Elite controller for the Xbox is £150. 
It's, yeah. It's just four, four payers. It's stunning. Stunning how uh, bad this is. Right, I need to find the other thing I had. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Do you know what else, you know else is stunning? Hmm? Um, that the fact we still haven't seen Sony's 8K um, patch yet for 8K um, supported games. So this is from Overclocked. Uh, overclock3d.net or overclocked if you have that fucking elite speak shit going on uh so yes from from them it's two years later and sony's playstation 5 still lacks its advertised 8k support sony's failing to deliver the playstation 5's advertised feature set where is the system's 8k support and i mean it is on the box so yeah, two uh, years it's, it's not, not even got it yet yeah so two years have passed uh, since Sony launched their PlayStation 5 console, a system that link, uh, lists 4K at 120fps, 8K and HDR on its box as advertised feature. The problem with this is that Sony's latest console does not support 8K displays, and Sony has not revealed any plans to support 8K resolution in the future. Lawsuit. That, I mean, that alone is... You are advertising something that's not happening. You either make it happen shittily... Or you don't make it happen. I mean, that might fly in Japan, that kind of area with this kind of shit. doesn't fly in Europe. Because that's, that's literally false advertising. It is false advertising. Uh, Flat Panels HD recently questioned Sony about uh, this omission from the PlayStation 5's feature set. And so far, Sony has not responded. Surprise, this, fucking surprise. This is hugely disappointing as 8K minus in the TV uh, remain uncommon. Sony should not be advertising a feature that their product does not support. And to be Remember fair, doing other games currently support 8K though. No, of course probably not. not. The, 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 again, that's never fucking false advertising. This is what makes me chuckle though. It's, it's false advertising all round. Whichever country you're in, it's false advertising. They are saying there's a feature in this console that there isn't. And the fact that you are waiting for a patch to it, it means whatever this isn't happening, anyone can sue them at any time for this, because so, we need to get on that though. Yeah, it's like where is this? Where is this 8K? Uh, currently, one yeah, PlayStation... Say, well, it's, you better type in the box as it's a feature, so where's this feature? Yeah, it says, currently, one PlayStation 5 game is designed to run at, 80, at 8K 60fps on the Sony console. That game is The Tourist, which can run at 80, uh, 80, 8K 60fps. Uh, but then... But downscales the game to 4K 60 due to the PlayStation 5 lack of 8K resolution support. In this instance, Sony's inability to enable an advertised feature uh, of their PlayStation 5 console is holding the tourist visuals back. But is there really much difference between 4K and 8K? Let's be um, honest. It's yes. just more pixels. It's more pixels per inch. It, it's it's like a higher fidelity a game. So how? So it's, so, so it's like how 1080p is less fidelity than say 4k yeah so like how 4k to us almost looks like real life 8k should look even more like real life than 4k does that's hard to imagine to be fair and i know but then we went from 480p to 1080p like oh my god look how good this looks now we're in 4k mm. it's like look how good this looks so it's, it's just the it's that kind of thing so we're trying to get to a point where we get like 32k and you're like 4k look how fucking good this looks oh do you remember when we used to watch fucking 1080p stuff and it was really fuzzy and it's like no no it was never fuzzy i mean i remember i remember going using my 
my component cables on my 360 going from SCART to um, component. And that was like a fucking jump up. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So it says today's gamers are mostly op- uh, opting to purchase 4K 120Hz TVs that support HDR and variable refresh rate technologies rather than high resolution 8K screens. 8K televisions are not selling well and streaming services are not planning to support 8K content in the near future. This has allowed Sony to avoid supporting 8K resolutions on their PlayStation 5 with few consequences. But it also meant um, that all Sony's PlayStation 5 consoles ship in a box that lies about the system's content feature set. No PlayStation Console 5 currently supports 8K resolutions and Sony needs to address this discrepancy. Sony could enable 8K resolutions with a simple firmware update from their PlayStation 5 console, but they haven't. 8K support is clearly not a priority for Sony, despite their willingness to advertise the feature on the box of their systems. It is hard not to label the PlayStation 5's 8K support as false advertising. And honestly, it is strange that the UK's Advertising Standards Authority has not questioned Sony about this yet. Oh, looks like we have to send some messages to the Standard Authority then. Yeah, it's like, hey, do you know that PlayStation 5 is an 8K, but it's saying it? Hmm? Hmm? Nudge? Nudge? They'll probably say, okay, they've got this amount of time to sort out the um, firm up where they're going to get massive fines. The thing is, though, they've been doing it for two or years. Or over the case of, okay, we're not allowing you to sell any of your consoles in this zone now until you actually put, put the sport out. The, the thing is, they should get fined and uh, told to change it immediately because it's been two years. Two years they have had that on the box of their consoles. They yeah, two years and, and three console revisions. Yeah. Don't forget they had a um the original coming out. They had a smaller heatsink, and then they had a bit of even another smaller heatsink. Yeah, smaller heatsink, uh, more efficient uh, fan. CPU, I think. Oh, something like that. Yeah, can't so, actually remember. Either way. If I was to label this podcast on the on the on the actual thing saying uh with Markiplier on it, I'd get fucking sued to shit. Because Markiplier is never gonna be on this podcast. And if he is, holy shit, that'd be funny. But um I think the views would get though if Markiplier wasn't the podcast. Oh god, yeah, but it's like <laughs> And and Jacepticeye and Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That should be the episode uh, title. Uh, not featuring Jacksepticeye, Septic Guy, Markiplier, and AK support. Um. So, the the fact that they they've got away with this for two years, as soon as they look into this, they have to go. Hey, so for two years this hasn't been an option, but you've told consumers it is. Whether they are buying AK tailies or not. You should have this feature implemented. You and that's the that's the issue. They, you nowhere on Xbox's console box does it say 8K on it, as far as I'm aware. I think it says. Um, Hang on, let me go and get, get the 4K, box. 4K UHD. Let me go get the box. Ah. Oh. You just stand up. Yeah, dead legs. Ugh. 
I have the box in my hands for my Series X. So, 4K 120fps. It has a, a V symbol, which I'm not quite sure what it is. One terabyte SSD. So let's have a look on the back. What does this V symbol mean? Uh, oh, the Xbox Velocity architecture. That is a true feature. What's that then? That's the, the, the faster loading times because of the SSD. Oh, like the, um, like the uh, quick resume. Yeah. So you know how you can have like, quick resume and shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, it does have a picture of the Halo Infinite on the back, but it does say games shown separately. It doesn't actually say that it's coming out or when it's coming out. Um, it mentions Game Pass. Play thousands of games across four generations of Xbox because it's fully backwards compatible. So that's on there as well. The fastest, yep. more, most powerful Xbox ever. Also true. So these guys have put in here eight K. So it's up to eight K HDR on here as well. Uh, by saying by, by saying up to means you're not actually saying it is. It's like how ISP providers get around and say, "Oh, you can get up to this speed on your internet." Yeah. Uh, so it says 4K 120fps uh, and 8K HDR require supported content and display. Use on Xbox Series X as a content as content becomes available. So that's saying that that can happen, uh, and it's not as it comes as it. As it becomes available, yeah. yeah. So that's not saying. We're Sony saying we're Sony saying it's 8K in the box, yeah. which is not. It doesn't say anywhere on it. it doesn't have an asterisk next to it on that picture of the the box. As I did, as a as a disclaimer saying 8K only available at a later date on games that support it. Yeah, and this literally has it on the back. So it says uh, 4K up to 120 FPS, and that does say like it depends on the content because uh, it has an asterisk next to it up to 8K HDR. Uh, HDR also depends on the content and when it becomes available. So they're not saying it ships with it, they're saying it's possible. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of thing that um, they're not going to get fucked with. But then you buy a box. Uh, <laughs> I've just thrown it back on the sofa. So yeah. then, so then um, you've got the the whole actual issue with the Sony one is the, there's no asterisk next to that 8K on that box at all. I'm going to look up like PlayStation 5. Uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Five so, box. So, while you do that, shall I um, go on to the next one while you do that? Uh, yeah, I can do. So, I'm looking at the front of this. This is the disc free console as well. Um,. So 8K, 4K, 120, HDR. No, no, nowhere on that is a uh, an asterisk on there saying that it's whatever. It does say at the bottom, though, 8K, 4K, 120, HDR content require compatible display and supporting software. So, yeah, that makes sense. But the console doesn't do 8K. So it doesn't matter if they have supporting software. It doesn't fucking do it. Whereas at least with Xbox, and I know we're showing our fanboys here, um, they're saying it can support it. It's not doing it yet. Because we haven't enabled it yet. Yet. Whereas Sony are just saying, we've got 8K. It's like, when? We've got 8K. Are you, does it when? do it now? Okay, we got, we got 8K. Yeah, does it work? 
We got AK. Does it work? <laughs> we got AK. We have AK. You're not listening. You're not listening. We got AK. We got AK. Why? Where does it work? We got AK. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the issue. It's like it's, it's like they they're calling everything about this Activisoft, Activisoft, Activision, Microsoft, um, merger, anti-consumer. But then they release a console that's advertising something it can't do. Or it doesn't do. It probably can do, but it doesn't do as of this moment in time. And that's that's the damning part about it. Okay? They can get people to try... Because gamers, by the way, video gamers... This was a, a thing that I saw and I laughed my arse off. Are trying to also... Um, sue uh, Microsoft for the Activision Blizzard deal saying it's anti-consumer as well and they are predominantly Sony um, customers and I think that's what's funny about it is that Sony is whipping up its fan base into a frenzy and the Microsoft fan base are going are you actually just paying attention to this <laughs> are you actually reading what's going on yeah, we listen to the Sony blog. It's like, no, have you actually read anything other than the Sony blog? No. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm a, I'm Sony. Sony for life. Yeah. It's like, hang on a minute. Didn't you have a 360 back in the day? Sony for life! It's like, all right, fuck off. Because <laughs> they did. That's what annoyed me. The amount of people I know that moved to PlayStation 4 after Call of Duty lost its exclusivity rights to Microsoft and went to Sony... The amount of people I know that went to PlayStation 4. And then some of them are like, oh yeah, Sony's so much better. It's like, really? It's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, cool, why? Because it is. GG. But yeah, it's, it's... It's false advertising, definitely. And I think there needs to be tweets put out going, hey, so where is this 8K support that isn't there? Uh, Sony are not saying a damn thing about it it's been two years you need to be asking them where it is or asking them to remove this from their console advertising because it's blatantly untrue um, and they have not worded it to say that it is not a com not a feature in the console now if it's a feature in the console coming up like it said on the, on the what you call it on the Xbox it did say that that feature will be uh, made available later on, essentially, with the wording. I can't remember the wording exactly. I'm not going to pick the box back up. The box can stay where it is and think about its life. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just like I don't, I don't, I don't get it. How can Sony be this fucking lax and shitty, but yet Microsoft can't buy a company because oh, oh, they're going to fucking take Call of Duty. Do you know what? Sony is taking from Microsoft right now. Dolph, do you want to do you get this one going? Yeah, so Microsoft confirms that Sony has blocked these four games from ever hitting the Xbox. So this is Silent Hill 2, the Final Fantasy 7 Remake, uh, Bloodborne, I think was the other one. Yeah. And Final Fantasy 16 as well. Final Fantasy 16, yeah, just to down the article. What you need to know, Microsoft is wrestling with three major regulators over its attempt to acquire the Activision Blizzard, which we've gone into many details in many podcasts. 
As part of the proceedings, Microsoft has revealed that Sony has set up exclusion deals with third-party games on PlayStation. It seems that Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XVI, Silent Hill 2 Remake will never hit the Xbox, despite the associated publisher's silence on the matter. Microsoft also listed from, from Software's Bloodborne as an example of a third-party developed game that has been blocked from non-PlayStation platforms, which could imply that the oft-requested Windows PC port is out of the question as well. Sony has been friendly towards PC in recent years, though... I'm sorry, I'm keeping the hopium close for this one. Oh, there's lots of copium going on. No mind hopium. The drama of the active Blizzard acquisition is heating up as Microsoft steps up its engagements of regulators. So, this article was uh, 12 days ago. So, that would have been... Just before, just after Christmas? Just after Christmas. So, so 12 days ago, yesterday, Microsoft published its response to the US state's uh, FTC of its lawsuit, skewing its odd position of wanting to protect the market leader over, con- over the consumers. Microsoft published a similar response to the UK CMA as well a couple of months ago and seemingly confirmed that what many of us already expected was true. When the Final Fantasy VII remake was announced, it was revealed as a timed exclusive, complete with a countdown timer as to how long it remained exclusive to the PlayStation. It was a whole year. Yeah, this led many Xbox fans to expect Final Fantasy VII remake would eventually hit Microsoft's console, but alas, it simply hasn't been the case. It seems... Squeenix's timed exclusivity period pertains only to the PC version of the games, given that FF7R is now available on Steam for Windows. In case you missed it, spotted by Korea Xbox News, Microsoft confirmed as much in its response to the UK regulator claiming that Sony has set up permanent exclusion deals for games like Bloodborne, FF16 and the upcoming Silent Hill 2 remake. While there have been some slivers of hope that FF7R and Final Fantasy XVI may eventually hit Xbox, it seems that this oft-overlooked passage from October's CMA filing may put the final nail in the coffin. Sun Hill 2 is launching on PC alongside PS5 with a 12-month exclusivity. But the language here puts another question mark over whether or not it will hit Xbox. The FF7R remake is an excellent action RPG reimagined of the classic 90s JRPG with infectious combat mechanics and dozens of hours of nostalgic exploration to take in. Final Fantasy XVI is also looking rather excellent too, and Bloober's Team Silent Hill 2 remake will be a fascinating project, given the franchise's legendary status. Xbox may not get any of them though, which arguably strengthens Microsoft's case with regards to exclusive content. Mm-hmm. Microsoft acknowledged in the same CMA brief that exclusive strategies are not uncommon. Of course, Microsoft has engaged in similar deals in the past, although not so much recently. Games like Rise and Sunset Overdrive from the Xbox One generation could be compared to Sony's deal for Bloodborne, for example. Microsoft generally hasn't entered into third-party deals that fully preclude the competing platforms from franchises that previously existed on competitive platforms. Mm-hmm. So Rise of the Tomb Raider was a brief time exclusive for Xbox, yes, and Microsoft was. was skewered in the wrong game press for having dared to take such a deal. Something that Sony now does with impunity to the criticism of none. At the end of the day, Sony is doing the right thing for its customers and shareholders. And Microsoft's admissions that games like Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield will be fully ex- exclusive moves the importance of exclusive contents. Regulators wouldn't, or at least they shouldn't, argue that Netflix or Disney Plus need to exchange content with each other for free. It'd be great if all content was available on one platform for the sake of convenience, but it was if there was only one platform that existed, who knows how high a price it would end up being set. Yeah. Competition is what drives prices down. Competition is what inspires innovation and new features, higher quality and new technology. So the article goes on saying, for me, Sony exclusive deals just represent more evidence that Microsoft should be allowed 
I'd pick up the active list deal. And sure, contracts can expire, deals can change over time, but at least for the foreseeable, it seems Xbox is going to be precluded from the Final Fantasy and quite possibly Sun Hill 2 for the foreseeable. For Microsoft to complete with Nintendo and Sony, it needs more of those big-name franchises under its banner. And for consumers, getting them onto Xbox Game Pass is kind of value that only the competitors can, competition can deliver. Regulators' odd pandering to the status quo is quite literally harming competition, something they are supposed to foster. Yep. Also, <laughs> just having a look below it, uh, Xbox Microsoft Elite Wireless Controller, £142. Not £210. Fuck you, Sony. I'm, I'm assuming that also has... Exchangeable batteries. No, it doesn't, but you can take all the pads off and stuff and mess with the controllers and stuff. So, yeah. this, like, I mean, they, they, they can't call anti consumer bullshit and then do anti consumer bullshit. And I, I don't, I didn't know that the um, Elder Scrolls 6 was going to be a Microsoft exclusive. I didn't know that. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. They've not actually said, as far as I know. The only one well, that we know is Starfield. They, 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 have, they did say <laughs> that legacy titles will still be available on other platforms. And since Elder Scrolls is a legacy title, because it's got other titles from past iterations on all platforms, I still think Elder Scrolls 6 will be multi-plat. Yeah, I think it will be. Because well. Microsoft would be stupid not to have Elder Scrolls on PlayStation. Yeah. Do you know what? It, it, it's stupid, but it's one of those things where... Like I said, eventually, Sony is going to the point where they tell P Microsoft to piss off with Call of Duty. Microsoft go, okay, we've tried. You're not getting it. And that will be on Sony. So what I think what they need to do, with Microsoft needs to do with Sony, is give them the best deal they can. And Sony says no, and go, okay, then offer them a lesser deal. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wait, wait, why'd you go down? Well, you didn't want the big, you didn't want the best deal, so we're giving you a less better deal. It's like, well, we did the best. We well, can, we, want, we, we, want the, we want the better deal. Well, you've turned that down, so this is this is the new deal. Take it or leave it. Don't yeah. want it. Okay. Pray we do not change the deal further. Fucking dude, it's just it is it is so fucking crazy how they are literally going to fuck their fan base over by making Microsoft take. Call of Duty away, and it's definitely not Microsoft's fault in this case. They have tried to do this fairly, and all right, so you, you, I just want to play ball. Yeah, well, they they're doing this because it, it drives press. Look at us; we're, we're I, trying I, I, to get I, this on our console, but they're not giving us a good enough deal. And it's like I don't think the Call of Duty thing is the main um, focus here. I mean, ABK. You know, they 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 do console games, PC games, and the the king side of ABK also does um, mobiles. Mm. So, which is where a lot of their revenue will come from, especially with Candy Crush. Oh god, imagine almost, if it wasn't uh, available for Sony phones. Imagine the answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I think what Microsoft are going for is because the market side is so untapped at the because you've only got what Apple or Google. So, an Android. If, Microsoft, if Microsoft gets into the mobile area of things of having ABK, that takes away the duopoly of Apple and Google. Yeah, but Microsoft tried Windows phones and that didn't go very well. Well, they don't. They don't need. They don't really need the um, phones, though, do they? In a sense, they if they have ABK doing Candy Crush, sure, Apple gets their cut, but then again, Microsoft would get their cut as well. Hmm. 
and, and, but this is the thing though like i said uh, with the i think we did touch on it a while back as well but apparently there's gonna be there's new laws especially in the eu that people can choose where to buy their their currency from yeah whether they want it from the apple store or from a off-site third-party site so if people want to buy a cheaper but more prof- profitable amount of say in-game currency from microsoft store they'll do that yeah Microsoft get their cut, and the the fans get a cheaper deal, and not getting skewed with the Apple's fifty percent tax. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like the the whole issue I've got with the whole Sony thing literally is the fact that they are going to shoot themselves squarely in the foot and be like, "Why would Microsoft do this when they're the ones holding the gun?" This. The, the thing that, like, they said in that article, oh, they're going to compete against Nintendo. It's like, no, they don't. Microsoft don't compete against Nintendo. They are working with Nintendo. And, and, and again, when it comes to Call of Duty, I know we said this in the past, but the last Call of Duty on the, on the Nintendo side of things was uh, Call of Duty Ghost. Yes. That was 2014? Yep. So it's... And they don't, Nintendo don't need Call of Duty on their device. They don't no. need it. Uh, they they've, been offered, they've, been, they've been offered it, though. If they were offered it and they took it, then yeah, that's great. The the the, the other issue is the fact that Nintendo and Microsoft have worked together on games going to Nintendo from Microsoft. And I mean, look at like a Minecraft. That's available on Sony as well. That's yeah. a cross-platform thing. Mm-hmm. You can get your own achievements on Nintendo, um, Windows, I, and Windows, and um, and and on console. Yep. So that is another thing. Like I have three achievement lists for Minecraft running at the moment, four if I if I play it on my iPhone. Um, and I've only, the only one that I've ever 100%ed three times in a row, and I'm still trying to 100% it this time, is the Windows <coughs> version. The Xbox One version I'm, I've got 70% done. I think I'm 80 or 90% done on the, um, on the Switch version. Um, but that's the thing. It's like the, the fact that you can earn... Gamers go and have your own Microsoft account um, on X on on the on the Nintendo consoles. You don't have to if you don't really want to. That's the thing. They, as far as I'm aware, did Star have to make uh, an Xbox account to play Minecraft on the Switch? Uh, she did. Yes, and I found out that if we play uh, LAN, she could enjoy my game for the Wi-Fi without having to be. Um... Nintendo Switch, I think. Uh, the, uh, Switch Online. Oh, the LAN, yeah. Yeah. It I, works quite well, actually. It's weird seeing her play just, on the Switch while I'm actually in the good room playing on the console. Yeah, it's just peer-to-peer, basically. Um, Essentially. It's just... Yeah. Rather than it being like, through the internet, you just you just hop on a Wi-Fi signal into your router and through... Into, into so the the console. my console acts like hotspot, in a sense. Yeah. But um, I know that you can also join via Nintendo, like, so you don't actually have to use the Microsoft infrastructure to play with other friends on nintendo consoles so if yeah. you don't but the fact that the sony side of it took like what a year to to get that through their fucking beta, beta. test quotation marks um to get them to just go yeah that works it, it, i don't know it just seems like ever since playstation 4 when they won quote unquote that console round they have been so anti-consumer and so um, we're number one, so why try harder kind of thing. 
and then I mean, they're doing what they're doing and not thinking about what they're doing. And the fact that they could be actually described as anti-consumer and they could probably get told off for it and fined if they carry on the way they're going. Because if... Yes, which, is, which is why Fallout and Skyrim is always going to be better on PC and Microsoft, Xbox, because Sony only allows you to mod existing um, assets yeah. with PC and well, especially PC and to an extent Microsoft, you can add assets to the game. Hmm. So this um, this thing is is basically like another way round of saying this. Um, so Sony is requiring developers to exclude Xbox Microsoft stays. As Sony continues yeah. to argue the proposed Microsoft takeover of Activision Blizzard would harm the competition gaming space, the PlayStation Maker is also apparently keeping some third-party games off of launching on Xbox according to its big rival. And then it just says here that Microsoft reckons Final Fantasy 16 Bloodborne Silent Hill 2 Remake won't ever hit consoles because Sony has effectively strong-armed the developers into excluding Xbox. Uh, and you know why this is? Sony are the number one console at the moment. They're, that's where PlayStation... They're the, they're the, they're the, the leader. Of, um, they're the leader. They're the state that way. So they want to stifle any competition to not, com- not take them down from the top oh, step. Doesn't that sound anti-consumer? It is very anti-consumer. So they're basically saying, "Hey, you put this on Microsoft, we don't put you on our console." Is is basically what the uh, the strong arming would be. Uh, well, we will not want to put this on our console if you do that, and then people get annoyed at Square or whoever that uh, are bringing out those games, and um, that is the kind of shit that they're telling the like the FTC and shit that Microsoft is going to do. It's like, well, well no. So, I kind of think at this point that um, Sony's um, national anthem will be "We are number one." <laughs> 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 uh, Here's a little lesson in trickery. Oh God, yeah. So, as part of the response to the UK, to bring down your opponents with exclusivity. <laughs> nice. Uh, as a response to the UK government, I need to go find the Barn song as well. That just reminded me. Um, um, as a response to the UK government's probing of the Activision Blizzard deal, Microsoft says that while exclusivity exclusivity partnerships aren't uncommon, there are some arrangements that are harmful to development and gamers. Uh, in addition to having outright exclusive content, Sony has entered into arrangements with third-party publishers which require the exclusion of Xbox from set platforms these publishers can distribute their games on. Some prominent examples of these agreements include the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Bloodborne, uh, the upcoming Final Fantasy XVI, and the recently announced Silent Hill 2 Remake, where we were talking about this. Uh, Silent Hill Remake, uh, for example, is designed with a 12-month Sony exclusivity, uh, but is yet to arrive on the Xbox. This is where it's weird. Um... And it appears it won't arrive at all. The comments were spotted on Korea Xbox News via Eurogamer. Um, and it seems to be attempting to convince competition authorities that Sony isn't a squeaky clean onlooker that it, in the game wars. So part of the thing here is like, uh, exclusivity strategies are not common. This is from the report. Uh, in industry, as participants 
adults have access to their own content. Both Sony and Nintendo's first-party games rank amongst some of the best-selling in Europe and worldwide. Sony exclusive content uh, titles include first-party uh, first titles such as Ghost of Tsushima, Gods of War, and Spider-Man. In addition to exclusive content, Sony has entered into arrangements with third-party um, which require the exclusion of Xbox games from set of platforms these dis that these distribute the games on. Some prominent examples of the agreements are, and then as ones I was, I've read there, uh, as recently announced, uh, Nintendo's exclusive console content includes well-established and famous icon franchises such as Super Mario, Nintendo, Zelda, Xenoblade, and Animal Crossing. So, literally, yeah, Halo being exclusive. Yes, I get that. Gears of War being exclusive. That's first party. First party stuff. Yes, first party stuff has a right to be exclusive. And that's what Microsoft is saying. Now, the fact that um, the Sony are asking and strong-arming, in quotes, because we're not sure how much strong-arming is going on, that the, like the Square Enix games, for instance, they're, they're third party. They could come out on anything. But they're getting told, hey, you release on Xbox, well, then we don't want to deal with you. And I think that's shitty. That is very shitty. Yeah, yeah but other Square Enix games are, 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 are came out on the 360 and the one. Yeah. and But it's now, and it's now a problem because they're trying to get Activision Blizzard. So... And I think that's really bad because if, unless Sony like backtrack on this, which they won't, which they won't, um, it's going to come to a point where the, the Activision Blizzard deal goes through, and then Microsoft are like, okay, are you going to stop fucking around, take our game, and release these games? And if they go no, we go like, well, Microsoft will be like, okay then, I guess Call of Duty is ours and ours alone. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, this can this can go to they can just go two ways. Uh, Microsoft get the get the um. Get the deal through, and as you said, I said like it was Sony. Sony doesn't want it. Okay, and they'll be like, okay, you're fucking lost. Then I'll cry and bitch about it. Yeah. But the deal doesn't go through. So he's like, hey, actually, can we make a deal? And they go, no, fuck you. We're not putting none of our games on your system anymore. We'll go exclusive to Xbox and I would love PC. That. <laughs> they just go to the end of the deal, and it's like, we got to the end of the deal, but you can go fuck yourself after that for all the shit you've caused. I would love that to happen. <laughs> And then just like, hey, so we're not dealing with Sony anymore, but we'll deal with Nintendo and Xbox. So even though we're not getting bought by Nintendo, yeah, we're, we're not we're not being bought out by Microsoft, but we'll make a deal for exclusivity for ever, <laughs> for indefinitely for them. That would be hilarious. That would be the hilarious fucking like outcome that would be like, fuck you, my, uh, Sony. Hello, Microsoft and Nintendo, because that that just yeah, that would blow my mind. And then literally, Sony would be like, but but. But and it's like well, fuck you. Yeah, but yeah, but no, but <laughs> you had your chance. Yeah. Fuck off. At the end of the day, Activision Blizzard are a publisher. They're not actually tied to anybody. They're not owned by any large company. So if they went fuck you, Sony, we're not playing. Um, Sony haven't got a leg to stand on because they don't have to work with Sony. All their <laughs> exclusivities would die away. Any future games would die away and they would plateau any game that's on their console and be like, okay, this is supported to this point and then we're not supporting it past that. 
And they could do that. And they and they, could, they really should do that. They should just turn around to them and go, hey, let us get bought by Microsoft or you can fuck off. We are not doing this shit. And they should. I'm sure this is going to come down to that point. Mm. That it comes through to the Activision Blizzard deal going through. And Activision going, well, Microsoft want us to deal with you, but we don't want to deal with you. And Microsoft can't make us. That'd be hilarious. And if they go, but why? And it's like, because you spent two years or a year and a half fucking us over trying to uh, take our name and besmirch it by telling people that it'd be bad for us to be bought by another go- another gaming platform that also was trying to be very fair with you. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like I could argue and scream and shout about this. But, Until the cows come home, but yeah. But we're, we're not going to hit any level of... Um, any level of decent retribution or resolution the worst case scenario which would be the funniest one Microsoft don't get the deal to buy um, and Activision Blizzard tells Sony quite publicly to go fuck themselves for any games in the future which like I said would be the fucking funniest shit ever because that is them exclusivity becoming part of Microsoft without them buying them which would save Microsoft a shitload of money but then they're not being anti-consumer because they're not buying that studio that studio is refusing to work with a competitor through their own back and I don't think they could be made legally to work with them they would have to honor every contract and every release until the end of those contracts but then they don't have to re-sign shit and I think yep. that's what's scaring Sony is that because I only got this last claim to the last Call of Duty, haven't they? Um, I think they got three more, three years until twenty twenty four, isn't it? Yeah. Although on a slight slight tangent, on a happier note, this was the, this will be the last year you'll see FIFA twenty three. Oh yeah, it's, it's EA, EA soccer or EA football now. Uh, EAFC or something is it? Uh, EA, soccer FC. Like EA, EA sports soccer. football or soccer twenty whatever. Football FC or something, yeah. Because the FIFA uh, franchise has decided to step away from EA, and uh, not, not so much step away. They've literally seen how much the money is made. They said, "Okay, you want to keep using our brand? We need to pay more." Yeah. But EA goes, "No." <laughs> yeah. So, so then, literally, FIFA went, "Okay, we're taking our ball. Here we go." That's my ball. We're going away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I, I love it. I, you know, you know as well as I do. Once this contract of FIFA ends, EA's uh, ultimate team is gonna fucking go downhill because people will recognise FIFA as a brand and not EA. Mm. They're a new game, which will be the exact same fucking carbon copy, just with the FIFA logo removed. And that's the thing as well. The uh, the fact that could you, could you could you imagine the new the next EA game they put out for the football? They forget to take the fucking away the FIFA logo in the back for twenty twenty two. <laughs> I can actually see that happening. I, I would love because we all know at this point it's fucking copy pasta from the last five fucking years. Oh god, yeah, it would be. Uh, well, that's for the Switch anyway, the Legacy Edition. Can oh you, yeah. Can you imagine the uh, like the issues though with getting licensing for players on that? Because FIFA could really just turn around and go, 
you're not allowed to sign contracts with anybody else for your likenesses in other games. And then it becomes like an international soccer kind of thing where they have ish names. And they're not the, the proper thing. And the kit is almost like the proper one, but not. And the names are uh, the towns, and that could be the same. And the football team, uh, town, uh, clubs could be given the name. But the players are wrong. For, not, for example, let's do like an old school um, Arsenal goalie. Instead of David Seaman, I have to do Sabred Demon. Or something stupid along those lines. Just switch the letters around. Yeah. <laughs> Or David Cumban. <laughs> well, it used to be, uh, was it Beckham instead of Beckham? They just like changed one name, like letter of the name. And I think that's, that is like, once again, how like FIFA have gone, hey, pay us more money for our franchise. And yeah, I've gone, no, fuck you, we're going to milk it for as much as we can. Literally, FIFA can just turn around and go, no, sorry, you, you, you're not getting any likeness or name or even club name from us without paying a dividend. It should be a bit like, um, uh, what is it? Da, 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 da. E-football or something. Is it E-football? The, uh, it's the other football game that's like FIFA. Instead of calling it, let's say, like Everton, they call it like Park Street North or something. Um, I step my page a lot. I can't think what it's called now. Pro Evolution Soccer? Pro, that's that sounds, that sounds about right, yeah. Pro Evo. Which used to be International Superstar Soccer. Mm. So remember this, because I can't use the club names because I don't have the actual rights to it, so I had to call them from the location of where the club is based, but you still know where it was. Yeah. So you could have Old Trafford FC. Yeah. Instead of Manchester United and stuff like that. Mm. <clears throat> and that, that's, that's the thing, is like, I honestly do think that. EA are gonna lose big style on this, and it's gonna be good for them. Mm-hmm. They need an L. They need an L. Sony needs an L. Yeah. So just what EA needs, they need all these other um, conglomerates that do sports games. Say, okay, we're up in the price of our licensing for you to use, so pay us more money. Then they lose all the licensings for, say, like NBA um, um, golf. Isn't isn't NBA um two K? No, I don't think so. Or am I getting confused with um, NFL? Because it's NHL, which I think was EA. Uh, NBA, I, I think, might be THQ, actually. Mm. Um, uh, I, I look, I search up for next time, because we're... Yeah, despite we're, starting a bit late, we've, been, we've done two hours so far. Which isn't yeah. It is getting so, late, so I think we should... Bring this on home? Yeah, yeah. I do have a riddle ready if we need to do one. I can always nah, read that to one. Fuck the riddles off for now. I think the riddles are a lot and Bob thing. All right. So, so if you want to contact us, you can contact me on Twitter at Dolphin Rapture. I'll entertain most questions. As long as not religious, racist, or political. Although we did touch on a little bit of political stuff this evening, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, you can contact Star at Stardust2018, also on Twitter. Same applies to the rules. Nothing racist, nothing political, nothing religious. Don't be a dick about it. If you want to send a message to the host, you press his record, Loz. You can send it also on Twitter at LozG1985 or wherever the fuck you may find it. Yeah. Pretty sure you find a LozG1985. It probably is. It probably is, Loz. 
You can also, if you don't want to send us a message individually, you can send us a message to our Twitter for the Spartans and Pajamas podcast at SIP Podcast Crew. Big S, small I, big P, all lowercase podcast crew. We'll answer most questions there as well. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? We don't have to do about the Anchor anymore. No. But um, minor shill, we use Anchor app because it's the easiest one we've found to yeah. do it. We're not, we're not going to shit all over them. They've, no, you know, they've, well. had, they've, had, they've had them done as well. They've, it's, the, it's the product we use to do it. It's I just... recommend if people go, hey, you do a podcast, how do you do it? Go look at Anchor. They will distribute everything for you. It's yeah, they're, they're good. They, they provide a good service. What they provide, it's just it's just a bit um, disappointing that they don't provide monetization for places outside the US, mm-hmm. which is a shame, really, because I'm pretty sure if they started monetizing outside the US, they'd probably get a lot more um, activity, as it were. Mm-hmm. So, it's what we've been using for four years now, is it? Four or five years? Fuck me. Yeah, It'll be five cool. years this year. Five years this year. Five years this year. Christ. Season six, baby. Uh, I don't think when my first one was. It's like July, wasn't it? June, July. I am scrolling back and I'm scrolling episode, back. Episode three, now with more Dolph. Or with a side of Dolph. I think it was now with more Dolph or something. Or a side of Dolph. I think it was June. I, I think know. July 4th. Uh, I'm into May of 2019 at the moment. Going backwards. 14. Episode 14. Uh, 2018. Those three, I think, are joined. Now with more Dolph, episode four, July fourth, July the fourth, twenty eighteen. So four years, yeah, sorry, five years this year. July, July fourth will be my um, the podcast anniversary. Yep, the first episode I actually did uh, was twelve minutes long, and it was E three ramblings from twenty eighteen, June, twenty eighteen. Didn't you have like a three point five where yours um on holiday with Lala, like a camper van or something? Um it was like I think it was thirty five or something where we did it. Uh do 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 So it was now in Mordolf than a side of Dolph for episode five. Yeah. Uh... So now you did like a like a three point five or four point five. One year and darts work. Some of these names. 38, though. Episode 38. I put my anti juice shield in defense mode and then my turn. Ah, oh, best. Oh, 5.5 was the end of school report. Tales in the pub. 5.5. Hmm. That's 2019, 2020. It was 2018 when we went on a holiday, so. It was one of the first ones, I think. Um, it wasn't Christmas, so it would have been July. So we need to get tea back in, though. It's been almost like over four years since we've had a on. Episode six, the holiday podcast. Mm. So I think the last one we had was uh, the Tears for Mugs podcast, and was the last one he was on. I can message mm. him, but I don't know. I don't know if he's actually available. <laughs> I say it's been four years, hasn't it? We've I, I really do trouble. want him to get him back. It would would be really really fun. We've still recorded, by the way. I've not hit stop yet. Oh yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to say goodbye yet? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, just us <laughs> Yeah, so we've been doing this for fucking 
2018, mate. 2018. Five years this year. It'll be. Um, oh, it's been a good five years. Yeah. Well, Dave, that sounds like it's we're stopping. Cool. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's here to at least five more, at least. Oh, God. Can you imagine those in 10 years' time? Can we put that on a book, on a box? At least five years more life, more podcast. Ten more years. <laughs> oh, God. I will be in five years' time. Yeah, but not in 8K, though. I'll be 42 years old. Oof. I'll be I'll be 40. Naughty at 40. Because <clears throat> I'm 37 now. I'll be heading. I'll be heading towards forty-one, actually. Because well, when you hit forty-two, you're the answer to life, the universe, and everything. How's that? Oh God, yeah. Hopefully, that's what the, the pickup line my go- future wife, girlfriend, right. whatever will say to me. It's like you—you you must be the life, the answer to life, uh, universe, and everything. It's like why? Because you're forty-two now. Come here. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or we, or we, 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 we would literally just want you to pick up line from from a partner. Oh yeah, we're always that way. Um, one of my this is oh, sorry we we should have stopped, but I I just remembered this. One of my old workmates came in. He's now working in the um, RAF, uh, doing stuff there, and he's getting a lot of like hits on uh, like hinge and stuff. And his yeah. pickup line to start with is, "I've shit in my pants. Can I get can I borrow yours?" <laughs> and it works annoyingly enough. He's a lovely guy, and I'm just like, really, that works? Because yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I think he's going to say what I expected, and it's not the cliche kind of chat everyone. Hmm. I think the only kind of starting conversation thing I did was I'm really bad at starting conversations. Um, any suggestions? Never got anything back. So I'm like, oh, cool. <sighs> so whatever. But um, okay, that's has there. Oh, that sounded really weird. This has been uh, episode 119 of the Spons in Pajamas podcast. Yes, we rambled fucking loads today, uh, but thank you for listening to our dulcet tones. Uh, this was the first one of 2023. More to come. To quote Rick and Morty, there's a uh, more scenes, Morty. We're going to go to space and. Well, you've got the Belgian. Yeah, I couldn't do that. But... So, yeah, we've got that to come. No more shit planned we've got episode 151 to get to for well, 150 to get to is that the uh yeah that's the one with the yeah the sip podcast mm. that one needs to happen <laughs> yeah i don't know how that's gonna happen though because be funny <laughs> the audio version is just gonna be like what the, these guys have fucking lost their mind but the video version is gonna be great well <laughs> uh, okay th- this is us done i will see you all next time thank you very much for listening good day to you all Goodbye. Bye.